there and welcome to At Home with Lauren Keenan, your authority on home, lifestyle and interior design. I'm Lauren Keenan, I'm an interior stylist and I'm here with my partner and podcast producer, Scotty. Hey. And we're all about helping you create a home you love, which feels more important than ever at the moment. Big time. So I'm just wondering, have you been thinking about having a go at making some of that sourdough that we were chatting to our guest Annika Manning about from Bake Club last week? Well, I've been thinking about it. You've been eating a lot of bread. As always. <laughs> but in this episode, we are talking about how plants can be good for you and your well-being at home. And we've got some great tips for caring for your indoor plants, like a seasoned green thumb. Practically 90% of our time is spent indoors these days. And this was before coronavirus hit. So you can see why people people are more interested in what's happening in their homes. You know, how can we nurture ourselves while we're at home? You can bring nature inside. Yeah, indoor plants are the way to do that so easily. That's Alana Langan from Ivy Muse in Melbourne, and we've got lots more from her shortly. Plus, we've got Lauren's lovely list. That's three things that Lauren is loving right now. Now, if this is your first time listening to the show, thanks for joining us. And make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to your podcast so that you never miss an episode. We're just about everywhere at the moment, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, we are. And you can also stream the show live at laurenkeenan.com.au. I really love creating this show for you, but my main gig is interior design and styling from my studio here in Sydney. You can check out my work at laurenkeenan.com.au and get in touch with me at any time. Let me know what you think about the podcast or hit me up if you want to work together on your home. Just head to the contact page on my website. It's that simple. We hope you're loving the show with new episodes dropping at 8am on Saturday mornings, usually every couple of weeks. And we're here to get you inspired around the home and give you something fun and interesting to listen to on the weekend. Okay, so let's kick off the show with something really positive and I'll get into some of my recommendations for you very shortly from the lovely list. But Scotty, first, you have something to tell us. Yeah, well, since we're talking plants and greenery today, I wanted to bring you this story, which I thought was really cool. It's some good news about Australia's endangered Gordon's wattle, which is bursting back into life now after fears that the species was nearly wiped out in last summer's bushfires. And anyone listening to us from the US, they're right in the middle of that yeah, right now. And yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's, it's terrible and, and difficult, but this is something positive to come out of our bushfires earlier in the year. It was National Wattle Day on the 1st of September, and this special variety of wattle grows in the Blue Mountains and Wallamai National Parks west of Sydney. Now, those massive bushfires last summer meant 50% of the known population of these shrubs was lost. But Lauren, it turns out that the fires helped to crack open the really hard seed pods on these shrubs. And they're seeing a 400% increase in those plants in the wild now in those two national parks, which is just awesome. Nature's just amazing, isn't it? I know when we've been doing our little travels around New South Wales in the last couple of months, because we can't go anywhere else, we've seen some areas that have just obviously been burnt terribly by the bushfires. And there's all, there's lots of green little sprouts coming out of trees and things like that. So the way nature you know, recovers is amazing. And parts of our state are still in drought down in southern New South Wales where we were recently. It's difficult and terrible to see, but we hope that uh, there's more rain on the way to those parts of the state. And on the plus side, this is something really positive. You know, wattle is a beautiful native flower and this special species of the plant now coming back after those bushfires. 
Well, that's a really um, great example of something positive that's happening. And also it's a very excellent segue into the lovely list for this episode, because the first thing on my lovely list is uh, Hold Cottage in Gunning, which is in country New South Wales, yes. an area we were just talking about. Uh, we stayed there recently and it was, I have no other word to describe it, but delightful. And I know that's quite <laughs> old fashioned, but it was really delightful. Yeah, it was. Think? So there was an open fire. They had lots of different types of loose leaf tea. The bed was super comfortable. There were fresh flowers, including wattle. And the owners there have just done an amazing job. If you jump onto my Instagram story highlights, I've got a travel section and you can see some pictures of Hold Cottage there. Loved it. Yeah, check out Hold Cottage. They're about 45 minutes west of Goulburn in the Southern Tablelands. It's a, a beautiful old town. The old Hume Highway runs right through the middle of it. And of course, now uh, with the, the freeway that's in place between Sydney and Melbourne has been for many years. It's bypassed, which means you've got this beautiful, quaint little town. And the owners have done a top-notch job restoring that heritage house. Yeah, we loved it. So the second thing on the lovely list for this episode is uh, a cookbook that I've bought recently. It's it's not new. It's been out for a little while, but it's new to me. It's called Neighbourhood and it's by Hetty McKinnon. And Hetty used to have a cafe in Surrey Hills. She upsticked and moved her family to Brooklyn oh, wow. over in New York. Um, and she's written a couple of books. And this one has lots of salads and sweets, just really delicious dishes that um, you can share with friends and family if you are able to get together. If you're not heading out to restaurants and things like that, it's really lovely to be able to um, share a meal with people at home. So I can't wait to cook some of those delicious salads for us as the weather warms up, thankfully. Sounds fantastic. And what's the last thing on your lovely list for this episode? The last thing on my list is um, an interiors account that I follow on Instagram, which I think our listeners are going to love. Uh, It's at Amber Interiors. And we'll obviously put those details in the show notes. Yes, Amber Lewis. Amber Lewis. Yeah, so she hails from uh, Los Angeles, California has been an interior designer for quite some time now but I just really am into her look at the moment. How would you describe it? It's a really sort of modern relaxed take on luxe Um, so lots of textures just really subtle color palettes and I think it's quite suitable to the Australian aesthetic as well so I'd really love for people to jump on and have a look at her stuff. I had a quick look as well it looks quite grown up and really cool. It does, but I feel like we're, we're moving in that direction. <laughs> <laughs> you can sign up for Lauren's lovely list uh, to pop into your inbox every month. It's laurenkeenan.com.au and just uh, put your email details into the pop-up. Yes, yeah, so every month I'll send you out some information on things that are inspiring me and my work, as well as lots of things that I'm loving right now. So it could be local travel and food hotspots. It might be new furniture ideas and homewares and beautiful interiors and architecture. Nice. 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 We'll sign up at laurenkeenan.com.au. Okay, let's get into today's topic, stepping up your styling at home with plants. Lauren, what can you tell us about plants? Plants are so important in an interior design scheme. I never design an interior without plants, real plants, that is. Not faux. No, no. A lot of people do get a bit scared, but I managed to talk most of them around. <laughs> they look amazing. And the thing about plants is they really help to soften hard architectural surfaces and finishes, and they really do bring a room to life. And also, as we're about to learn, they're very good for your health and well-being. And yeah, our- they do make you feel good when you come into a room, right? They do. Well, plants actually purify the air, so that's a big tick straight away. And yeah, they just really um, give more personality to a space and, and makes it feel like you've got a connection with the outdoors which is so important these days. Tell us about our guest. So our guest today is a real trailblazer on uh, cultivating well-being with plants at home, and I'm really pumped for you to hear what she's got to say. 
Alana Langan is one half of Ivy Muse, a botanical wares studio in Melbourne. And what started as an idea to encourage creativity with greenery has grown into an all-encompassing commitment to enhancing well-being through the use of plants. So Alana wears many hats. She's a product designer, a stylist, a plant lover. Of course. And she's leading a movement to help us greenify our spaces and incorporate plants into our lives at work and at home. Okay, so there's plenty to learn here with tips on plant care and some great suggestions for the easiest plants to get you started on the path to greenifying your home. So here's our chat with Alana Langan from Ivy Muse on At Home with Lauren Keenan. Alana, thanks for joining us today. First up, how are you doing? You're based in Melbourne. How's business going? How's life? In the circumstances that are happening, um, I'm doing as great as I can. Things are a bit unknown as to what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks, but you know, I'm lucky that I can work from home a lot. You are the co-founder of Ivy Muse, which you founded in 2014 alongside your business partner, Jackie Vidal. Can you tell us more about the business and how it all came about originally? Jackie and I had been friends for about, it was about 10 years when we first started. I had my own business. Jackie had her own business as well. And we used to bounce ideas off each other all the time and kind of support one another as you you need in a small business. And the idea, we were like, what can we do to like work together you know, and we were both into like plants. Jackie, Jackie had an apartment where she, she had to bring plants indoors a lot to get a dose of greenery. I had grown up in Narriwarra North, which is out in Victoria, which is, you know, on an acre filled with plants and everything like that. And we decided we were like, let's, let's, you know, nurture our love of greenery. And we designed four plant stands. That's where it all started. And then it was like, okay, well, what can we do next? And, and yeah, we both absolutely loved it. There was no pressure. That was the thing as well. When we first started, we didn't have any grand ideas about what we wanted to do. We just wanted to share our love of plants with people and really, you know, elevate indoor greenery. That's where it all started. We couldn't find the products that we wanted indoors. So we were like, well, let's just get a, you know, let's get our creative hats on. And, you know, we literally started sketching designs and that's where it started. We sketched the designs. We found a manufacturer here in Melbourne and then went through the process, found a powder coder and then had these, yeah, it was amazing to have these four stands that were our prototypes. And that's, that's where it went from there. You're both really creative people. Did you have much entrepreneur, entrepreneurial experience in sort of setting up a business and bringing a product to market and things like that? Like, did you find that quite challenging? Well, lucky for me, Jackie had already, so Jackie had already had another business of hers called Signed and Numbered, which was a limited edition print gallery in Melbourne. She had already done that for probably about three years or so. So she'd started that business. I had also started my own online store, which was um, sourcing vintage items for the home and refurbing them. And then my styling, you know, my styling career. So the two of us just had that in us that we wanted to start things and create things. And my background actually was communications as well. So linked in with all of that, once we had the stands, we kind of, I knew how to communicate. You know, I knew how to get the images out there. We knew how to style them because I could do that as well. Jackie had this awesome, she had great connections in terms of finding like the production and everything like that. So it just worked out. It was a really good partnership. And the crazy thing is that we, we actually didn't think through all of the things, you know, everyone says, well, how do you know that you're, um, how do you know that you're, you know, that you're going to work well with a business partner? We had no idea. We didn't think it through. We just knew we were really good (laughs) friends and we liked hanging out and we always spoke to each other. And that does seem to be a bit of a common theme. I find talking with people who've 
just had a crack at, at making something and have a go on it and it ends up going really well is that they don't necessarily over plan it all and overthink it all to begin with. Not to say that you, you know, you're not a planner or, you know, working out how you're going to run the business, but you just get in there and, and do it and see how it goes. We didn't over plan things and we didn't have this, you know, massive, you know, 10 year plan when we started for sure. It was about something we loved. It's your classic story of like, yeah, we loved it. We wanted to share it. We had fun doing it. And then from there it's developed inspiration generally comes from feedback from our customers. We love to be dynamic and to listen to what people need. It's also what Jackie and I are going through as well. So like two collections ago, we released our playback collection and that was really um, about 70s vibe and strong colors and everything. And that's because Jackie and I were both renovating our houses that were built in like the 70s, you know? So it's really (laughs) like, that's what we were feeling. That's what we were inspired by. We were looking at really, you know, like photos of 70s houses and it was really inspiring us so that's what we wanted to share and that collection kind of echoed those forms and everything which was awesome you know our latest collection which is called retreat that was really that was coming out when coronavirus hit for us that was really about yeah retreating to nature hunkering down in our homes the collection was based around colors from the Australian bush and nature and you know it it is about that connection to nature. That's what we wanted people to retreat to. And that's, that's what inspired us with that latest collection. And, and given the environment that we're in and the, the, the things that I guess people are feeling and spending more time at home, you know, what's the reaction been to that collection? And you know, what are you hearing from your customers and your clients about what we're all going through at the moment? Everybody is at home. We have seen a massive increase in the amount of um, online plant sales as well. That's something we started offering as soon as coronavirus hit so that we could get plants out to more people that couldn't, you know, didn't want to come into the store or couldn't. The overall vibe for having plants at home, people have just cottoned on to It's just a necessity these days. You know, there's really no discussion about it. Everyone knows the wellbeing benefits and, um, yeah, everybody's getting well, on board, the thing. I think amazing. When, when, you guys, when you guys started out back in 2014, there really weren't many other brands, especially in Australia, producing the kind of products that you were. And I do think that Brands like Ivy Muse have really helped kickstart this renewed interest that people have in plants. And now I think you can't go into an interior store or open a magazine without seeing an article about plants and plants at home. Why do you think we're so obsessed with having plants at home these days? Practically 90% of our time is spent indoors these days. And this was before coronavirus hit. You know, how can we nurture ourselves while we're at home? The world is moving so fast. Technology is so intense. We're on our devices so much more often. We need to counteract that with the simplicity and the calming that comes with nature. And so if you can't get outdoors, if you can't go to the forest because it's not nearby and all that kind of stuff, you can bring nature inside. Yeah, indoor plants are the way to do that so easily. And tell us a little bit more about this this idea of um, cultivating well-being through plants. Yeah, completely. Well, um, I'm not sure if you guys have heard of the term biophilia. Biophilia was coined in um, 1984. Well, it was introduced by Edward O. Wilson. His theory was that we're all innately drawn to other living things. So us as human beings, drawn to other living things like nature. This theory is really at the core of why we're innately, you know, why why do we walk into a room that's filled with greenery and we have a sense of relaxing? We smile. I, I honestly, when I walk into a room where there's lo- loads of plants, it's just like, oh, it's like a breath of fresh air. 
you know, the thing is studies have now shown this is actually what's happening to our bodies. So not only do we have this innate connection that we're drawn to that we love, but so much research and it's great because I feel like every week I check and there's like another study has been done, another study has been done. Um, plants have shown to increase uh, recovery rates of hospital patients. So there was a study done where half of the patients had a view to outside to the gardens and the other half had a view to uh, a brick wall. And the ones who had the view to the garden recovered like, like so much more quickly. Not only a study like that, but there's been other studies that have shown, you know, plants can bring us decreased stress levels. They can increase our overall sense of well-being. Having a plant on your desk can increase productivity by 15%, I believe it is. Oh, um, just... You need to get a few more then. <laughs> I know, I know, totally load them up. We've got all of that that's, that's for our health, our well-being, and this innate connection that we have that makes us feel good. But on top of that, I mean, let's not forget, plants just look beautiful. They're aesthetically yeah. pleasing. Mm. They're gorgeous. They soften interiors, you know. With so many apartment buildings being built and like the trend for minimal interiors, you add plants to that, it helps soften, you know, the hard lines. And you as a designer would obviously know that. Yeah. Well, yeah, look, I never design a room um, without plants. For me, even when I'm designing on screen and I'm doing the mood boards, it always feels a bit flat until I add a plant and a pot. And that's even just in a 2D sense. I just feel like they really bring a room to life. And look, there are some clients who still have a reluctance to have them because they they feel like they might not be able to look after them and they say oh can you find me a faux plant and I say oh look sorry I I, know. I don't really do I don't do that but so um, do I can faux. recommend some plants for you that you, that will be easy to look after and they're sort of like a gift that keeps giving I think and I was wondering what you think is a good place to start for people who maybe haven't found their green thumb yet maybe they're new to having green life in their home what would be some good plant options to help people get started? My go-to is generally always devil's ivy. Now, devil's ivy is a beautiful trailing plant. So it looks amazing. You can have it up on a shelf. You can have it trailing off a bench top. You can have it even staked and going vertical like this from a pot. Um, it's, it's a beautiful plant that is low maintenance easy to look after, is very, um, isn't needy with water, so doesn't need a lot of watering and can deal with lower light levels as well. So you can start, start somewhere like a devil's ivy where you've got the flexibility of where it can go in your home. The care that's required is quite minimal. Another top one would probably be a, uh, a mother-in-law's tongue or a snake plant. They require very minimal watering. Again, they can, they can deal with lower light levels they're beautiful as well, something more structural and architectural. But they're, yeah, very easy to look after. And I think um, the nice thing about, say, a devil's ivy is it does let you know when it needs water because the leaves start to get a tiny little curl about them and you think, okay, I need to water. And also it grows nice and fast. So you get to enjoy um, seeing it, you know, fill out in the pot. And I think that, if you're new to plants, is really encouraging as well. Oh, totally. That's, yeah. I mean, finding a plant that is a great communicator always helps as well. So, yeah, you're right there with the devil's ivy leaves. They do curl. Um, another good one that I forgot to mention is a peace lily. Again, that's a really good communicator. That one begins to flop when you need to water it. So, you know, for someone who's starting out, you can literally see, oh, gosh, I need to water the plant. Um, so that's a good one to start off with as well. Yeah, awesome. And and I suppose one of the nice things about owning plants 
you know, is looking after them and seeing them grow and flourish. That's something that, you know, we've really enjoyed in our garden, uh, in our homes. And then in our, people know we live in an apartment now in inner Sydney and uh, you've know, got a, a balcony full of green. What do you think are some awesome. of the key items that people should have in their plant care kit for home? Yeah, cool. So when you've got an indoor plant collection, you're, you've got to start with your basics really. So that's like a watering can and I would say a mister as well. But you don't have to go and spend loads of money on a watering can. Sometimes, you know, I've been known to grab a, gla- grab a glass of water and pour that into my plants. But a watering can is your ideal tool. Um, also a mister. It doesn't have to be a fancy mister. We obviously have fancy misters um, in store at Ivy Muse. But we also, you can use like a basic mister bottle. And that's to add humidity to your plant's uh, leaves, especially during winter when we've got the heaters on and things like that. That can be really mm-hmm. helpful. Okay. It's always helpful to have secateurs or little snips. Again, you could even use scissors if you had to. This is just to remove any dead leaves because, um, you know, indoor plants do get some yellowing and brown leaves or edges of leaves that turn brown. You want to remove them because um, your plant will be putting energy into trying to fix them. So you, you always keep an, yeah, keep an eye on what's happening with your plants and, you know, take and off any you, leaves. do you trim do you take off the whole leaf or if say it's just the end of the leaves, maybe they've got a little bit frazzled by some sun coming in the room asking for a friend here. Um, yep. Would you just trim <laughs> off the end or do you need to take the whole leaf off? Have a look at the leaf. If it's just a little bit on the edge, you can generally snip that off and it's okay. If it's around about half, I'd probably be taking the whole leaf off. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, I need to do a little bit of um, trimming around. Thing, mouth, yeah. Hey, now is a good time to trim to I get know. them all spruced up. Do you like winter spring. plant care session, have them ready for spring? That's a good, a good idea. Exactly, exactly. And sorry, um, you were going to tell us another I was going to say as well. So in terms of indoor plants can get pests, you know, and that's something we're, we're faced with. So that's why it's a good idea to pay attention to your plants regularly because if you can catch, you know, if you can identify and see, okay, we've got a pest uh, infestation happening here, you can generally get rid of it before it causes too much damage and before it takes hold too much. Neem oil is a really good product. We we have it at Ivy Muse. N-E-E-M, a neem oil. It comes from a plant itself. Um, yeah, it's a good organic natural uh, insect repellent that you can spray on the leaves or you can um, spray in the soil as well. And again, your final little kit, um, final item in your kit, I mean, would be your, um, your dusting cloth to keep your plants dust-free. Plants need sunlight. If your plant, le- plant leaves are covered in dust, that sunlight is not penetrating as best as it can. So, yeah, light dusting with your little cloth. And that's quite, you know, in terms of a care kit for indoor plants at home, you're pretty much set with all of that. That sounds good. And what do you think about fertilisers for indoor plants? Like are they essential things like maybe an osmocote or a power feed or something like that to sort of give them some nourishment? Is that something that you would normally do? Now, fertiliser, it's great because with the with the growth in and trending of, you know, indoor plants and everything, we've seen some indoor plant fertilisers that have come onto the market, which are amazing. The osmocote and things like that can sometimes be, they're based for outside. They can be a bit smelly and when you bring it indoors, it's not ideal. The deal with fertilising is really you should only be fertilising during spring and summer, which is the plant's growth period. So in autumn and winter, really slow it down. If you must, because I know some people are like, no, I still like to fertilise, I would, you know, be watering it down a lot so it's a lot weaker. Fertiliser is good. So the thing is with potting mix, potting mix already always comes with fertiliser in it. So if you're repotting your plant or you're topping your plant up with a new potting mix, you don't need to use any fertiliser. It's already in the potting mix. It will do you for a few months. 
When you buy a new plant as well, because that's come from the nursery or from the growers, that's also got fertilizer in it. So again, you don't need to do it for a few months. You might, you might have noticed with your own plants, sometimes you'll get a plant, you'll have it for six months to a year, and then you're like, something's changed. It just kind of, you know, it, it doesn't seem to be looking as happy and you haven't changed anything. That's when it needs nutrients. That's right. when you go, oh, right, okay, I get it now. And you can start a few months after you bring the plant home. You know, you don't need to do it immediately because it's already in the soil. Is there such a thing as too much love for plants? There is. <laughs> there is. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know what? It's generally a watering thing. Most plant issues, you know, when plants have died, it's either too little or too much water. You know, do some Googling, ask the store where you purchased it from and pay attention. So if you see, if you're going to water your plant and you can see that the soil, soil is completely still moist or poke your finger in, if it's moist, you know, leave it for a couple of days. If it's dry, maybe then it needs water rather than just going, oh, I, I watered you three days ago, but I'm just going to water you again without really paying attention <laughs> or seeing what's happening. And then, yeah, too much love is definitely a thing. We like to really stick with plants that we know people are going to have a greater chance of keeping alive. So I know, I know the, there's a lot of popularity for these super rare plants and these gorgeous begonias. You know, there's so, so many beautiful begonias that are around. When we do our plant styling, for instance, I don't want to specify a rare plant for someone who's like, I just want these plants in. I want to care for them. I don't want them to die. That's what guides the plants, the plant choices that we do use. Yeah. Yep. So there's a bit of a tried and, and true method there with plants that you know will work in a variety of sort totally. of scenarios. You've just mentioned plant styling and that was something I was interested in talking to you about because you do have a lot of experience as an interior stylist. So I wanted to talk about how we actually style plants at home and how do we pick the right pot for our plant and vice versa? Like what do we think of first? Do we find a beautiful pot and go, <laughs> okay, what plant am I going to put in it? Or do we find the plant and then work out what pot? Well, it can go either way, to be honest. There's like, I sometimes have, you know, if you love plants, which you do, there's no doubt you've had a moment where you've walked into a nursery or something or a plant shop and you've seen a plant, you're just like, oh, I love it. No, I've got to have it. I have no idea where it's going, but I love it. And like that can happen. And then so you start with the plant in that scenario. And from there, choose a, a pot that's going to speak to the plant nicely without overwhelming it. I'm all for letting the plant be the focus. I'd prefer the plant be the focus. I stick to more minimal you know, neutral, even like terracottas and things like that. But, you know, if you're designing a space, you can definitely work the other way, which is like, okay, no, I really, you know, I can see that that's going to look amazing with a blue pot, for instance, especially for bigger plants as well. I think that, that, you know, you're like, no, I know what the vessel is or the pot is going to be for there. And then from there, you'll find the plant that's going to work. And the thing is as well, obviously when you're designing a space, you've got to take in the environmental factors. So, what orientation is that room? What plants are going to work there? You know, when it comes to plant styling, I'll sometimes go into someone's house and if they're like, oh, I'd really love this type of plant right here. But the thing is, it's a south facing room. There's very little light. A plant like a bird of paradise is not going to survive in there, for instance. So there's a lot of factors, but you can definitely, there's no hard and fast rules. You can either go either way with that. Some indoor plants have absolutely amazing foliage and patterns and colours on foliage. So do you, how do you work that in with your pot selection and, and should you, like you said, let that be the star and choose something more subdued? I totally would, yeah, yeah. If I was going for something, again, I mentioned a begonia before, like a spotted begonia, beautiful leaves, very patterned and amazing, I would totally, yeah, use a pot that really just let the plant be the focus there, something like that. 
And what about for people who maybe don't have a lot of room at home? Like in my case, I don't have any more room left on the floor and I've got a plant on just about every bench top and table. So how yeah. can I, how can people with smaller spaces get creative about how they bring plants into the home uh, and make the most of their space? Oh, we, we Ivy Muse, this is one of our fortes. This is, this is one of the guiding things. In the beginning, when we had the plant stands, we had people saying, well, I don't have the space for the plant stands. And then we're like, okay, well, this is, this is what we need to do. We need to go vertical. So in smaller spaces, use the space that you've got going up. So we're talking plant hangers. We're talking things on the wall. Um, that's where we started designing uh, multi-level plant stands like Comet and our classic stand. They were two-tiered so that your footprint is only, you know, say 30 centimetres, but then you're maximising the amount of greenery you can get with two locations for nestling plants there. And, yeah, maximise walls. You know, we've got some great, like our Unity wall planter is perfect for getting a good hit of greenery up on the wall and making like an art piece out of it as well. And, yeah, plant hangers are the way forward. You know, if you've got small space and you don't have the footprint on the floor, look up. Amazing. Good advice. I, I like that. Now, <laughs> a big part of what you guys do is is education. And in 2017, you and Jackie released a book called Plant Style, How to Greenify Your Space, which is a pretty great resource for anybody that's interested in bringing plants into their, their own space. Why did you decide to write a book well as you said we love to share our knowledge and, and our experience and the book was really a way for us to further extend that with everybody you know we've got a store in melbourne our botanical emporium but that's the only one that we have and we wanted you know for the people that are lucky enough to come and talk to us in person we're always willing to you know share our knowledge and everything in the store but for those that couldn't you know overseas as well as well as interstate this book was a way for us to really nut down on our tips and tricks and the rules that, you know, that, that guide the work that we do and share them with people. The goal of the book was to have it a good size that you can chuck in your bag, take to the plant shop. It's at an accessible price and it's just filled with knowledge. That's what we want it to be, a little, you know, a guide, a handbook to living with plants and styling with them in your home. Now, obviously we're in a bit of a, a strange time at the moment, but What's next for Ivy Muse? Any plans on the horizon that are exciting that you can tell us about? We have, yeah. I mean, yesterday I was talking to Jackie and we were finalising designs for our next collection, which is really exciting. Ooh. We're also working on another big project, which we, we haven't announced yet. We're still working the finer details out, but something exciting should be on the way soon, which is really Ooh, great. Sounds good. <laughs> Thank you so much for speaking with us today. We've learnt a lot more about plants and it was great to hear more about the business and what you're up to uh, and all the best of luck with your new collection. Stay Amazing. safe down there in Victoria. Thank you. You guys too. It was lovely to talk to you and thanks for having me. Now, if you want to find out more about Ivy Muse plant stands and plant styling services in Victoria, you can check them out at ivymuse.com.au. Ivy Muse Botanical Emporium is on High Street in Armadale. That's just up the road from St Kilda if you're a local. You can find their entire collection of Ivy Muse plant stands and products there and a curated collection of plants, ceramics, botanical wares and tools from all over the world. And I've got to mention the book that we talked about, Plants style how to greenify your space which you can buy on the ivy muse website and a bunch of other online retailers as well so if that tickled your fancy amazing get to it pop on and, and buy yourself a copy
And our thanks again to Alana for the chat. Yeah, it was really great and informative. So coming up on the show, I'm going to talk to you about how to design your home office or your workspace at home so that it's functional with an eye to design as well, because that's really important. Oh, with so many people working at home at the moment, it's a big issue. We've had a few emails on this at laurenkeenan.com.au, including one from Jackie in Brisbane. She's been working from home since March and she really needs some help. Well, Jackie, we've been making the best of our pre-COVID setup here at home, uh, but now working from home is really becoming more of a long-term reality, I think, for a lot of professionals and companies are becoming more flexible about how we all work, which is a good thing. So we've all got to start thinking about how our setup at home is arranged to make sure that it's right um, for safe and productive working for the long term. Yeah, that's right. I mean, when coronavirus first hit, we were all thinking this might just be for a oh, little while. It's for four weeks, six weeks, but here we are six months later. And, and beyond. So in the next episode, Lauren's got some great design ideas and she'll take you through the principles that you've got to think about for your workspace at home. And actually, we're talking to an expert on ergonomics and physiology to help you avoid injury and aches and pains if you're stuck working from home at the dining table or the breakfast bench which might not be the ideal setup. A height adjustable chair that's a pretty important piece of equipment otherwise you're you know you're just relying on a bit of luck that your dining chair and your dining table and your own stature just uh, line up perfectly. Right so that's going to be really good in the next episode if you've got a topic or a question about interior design and styling that you'd like us to tackle here on the show on future episodes you can hit up Lauren on the socials or send us a message on the contact page on the website. Likewise, if you're looking for an expert to work on your home, anything from a room refresh to a renovation or even a a new build, there are plenty of people getting involved. And as strange as it is, there's never been a better time than now to look at renovations, to look at refreshing your home because we're all spending so much time here. We are. We want to come out of the end of this with something positive to enjoy, right? Absolutely. Well, that's it for the show today. Thank you for listening. And if you're like Alana and you're in Melbourne, hang in there. We're thinking of you. That curve is flattening. Wherever you are, stay safe, look after each other, and we'll catch you on the next episode of At Home with Lauren Keenan, your authority on home, lifestyle, and interior design. 